There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. Welcome in to another edition of the Tim McKernan Show alongside my executive producer, the great John Seymour. I am your host, Tim McKernan, live from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. And I think we have an outstanding show for you today here from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Uh, I know it's difficult for many St. Louis area fans to talk about the Rams, but when we talk about the good times I think it helps dull the pain of the recent bad times. And so to sit down with Isaac Bruce and discuss so much, uh, and also some things that the Sea Monster and I, when we heard him say, we're like, whoa, we can't believe it. You will find out those moments on your own over the next 45 minutes. I mean, we we, we talked about it all. Uh, the Hall of Fame, um, his... Uh, near-death experience coming back from a Mizzou basketball game. Uh, the moment Trent Green went down uh, and thinking Kurt Warner was somebody else. Uh, I mean, so much. It was it was, it was was an absolute high to have this kind of conversation with Isaac Bruce because when I was covering him and working in television, Isaac Bruce was always nice, but he gave about 10 to 15-second answers if he was feeling talkative. So to speak with him for 45 minutes... It was absolutely outstanding, and I hope you feel the same way as well. We want to make sure that we thank our studio sponsor here on the show, and that is Ryan Kelly and his team at thehomeloanexpert.com. Without Ryan Kelly and the thehomeloanexpert.com team, we wouldn't be able to bring you Gary Pinkle or former Senator Jack Danforth or Chris Kerber or Isaac Bruce, Clay Travis, Tyoka Jackson, all of these names we have had. Uh, along with the Cardinal President of Baseball Operations, John Mazalak, on this show in just the first couple of months. So we ask that you make sure, if you're on board with the podcast, you follow us on Twitter, at McKernan Show. You like the page on Facebook, The Tim McKernan Show, and you give us a positive review, if you please, because it helps the business of the podcast, and it certainly helps the business of the podcast if you go online and make sure that when the time comes to buy a home or to refinance, you go to the thehomeloanexpert.com. I have sent family members to Ryan Kelly and the thehomeloanexpert.com team, and I certainly would 100% do business with Ryan Kelly and the thehomeloanexpert.com team when the time comes for me and my wife. Online at thehomeloanexpert.com. He is our studio sponsor. His name is Ryan Kelly, and he is a sponsor and a key sponsor of this program today, Isaac Bruce. So, Isaac, I'm looking at your Twitter feed. The top of your Twitter feed, it's you and the nature boy, Ric Flair, <laughs> which is like the best because I just watched that 30 for 30. <laughs> yeah, Did you watch the 30 for 30? Not yet. I, I'm, oh, I'm you'll love on it when I get home, man. I mean, you will love it. No, I was a big fan, man. Trust me. So are you, are you? I was on. I was on the field that day. So where was, was that? South Carolina. South Carolina playing Georgia. It was All right. An opener. One of my former teammates went to South Carolina. I told ah. him I wanted to go to a SEC game. I had never been to one on the field. Uh huh. So I'm on the field and I'm. Uh, I look to my right. I was like, like, dude, that's <laughs> that's that's the Nature Boy. <laughs> he's like, he's like, what? I was like, man, Rick Flair, man. <laughs> and he was standing like right down here. I, Plays going on, Jadavion Clowney. You know, he's a yeah. sophomore, whatever. And I'm like, man, I'm going to take a picture, man. <laughs> so I walked down, and uh, I was like, uh, Rick Flair, man, I want to, you know, shook his hand. And he's like, yeah, yeah, what's up, man? And he's got his hand like here where he keeps them. <laughs> we took two snaps that night, man. I was excited, man. Yeah. <laughs> two pictures, and I saved those, you know. How cool is that? But, uh, you will love that 30 for 30. Yeah. Oh, is that right? That. Oh, it was, it was incredible. Man, this dude, this dude was like, he was like he was like the the white Muhammad Ali <laughs> with his lyrics, man. I'm telling you, man. There. He they was he, he he could flow. You know, he just, it, it was effortless too. And he 
You know, you talk about, you know, the private jet flying. That's right. Too, too Limousine smooth. riding. Yeah, man. Limous- stealing. I'm having a hard time keeping these Ferragamos on the floor type <laughs> dude. But but he was, I mean, he was awesome, man. He was a showman. And, um, you know, just his matches, man. It, it was great. I mean, he could, you know, you, you knew his moves, too. You know, he'd be beating somebody up and somebody start beating him up and he'd walk this way and fall down. <laughs> and then he fall down yeah. the best. That was I the was best. like, this dude here, man. <laughs> but, you know, he was what? The, how many time champion? Heavyweight champion? What was it? Like 16 times? 16. I, I knew 16 it was in the times. teens. I knew yeah. it was in the teens. The robes and the... Oh, it was, it was, uh, awesome, it was the, it, for real. I was yeah. and my wife who was like, we're really going to watch a 30 for 30 on professional <laughs> wrestling. And then by the end of it, she's like, what was the deal with that dude? It's great. Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Were you a wrestling fan growing up? Man, listen, I just found out wrestling was fake when I was 28. <laughs> I was sorry 28. To, sorry and to I, I was like, man, this is out. fake. <laughs> I thought it was real, man. Dusty Rose and he said that was his his greatest opponent. Yes, uh, that's wrestling true. Dusty Rose. That's I was true. like, oh my goodness, man, Dusty Rose is my guy. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was a bunch of guys. Demarco fought. He was like a yeah, huge. Yeah, he was really fan. into. He was into it then. He would talk about huge, it. huge. Yeah. But me, I mean, I was disappointed when I found it. <laughs> seriously, man. I seriously was. I mean, yeah. So you hadn't heard any rumblings, and then all of a sudden they break the news to you. They broke the news. You know, the blood was fake. When he does this, he's putting blood on his. I'm like. See, and he was. They they lock up, and you can see him speaking yeah, to each other. I was like, little... man, he is talking, man. I was like, come on, man. What's that? They're gonna tell me football is fake next. You know. I have always said this. This is a perfect thirty for thirty, and I'd love to have the honor of directing it. The greatest show on turf is a thirty oh, for thirty. I'm sure it's coming soon. You think so? They've attempted to uh, get it started once before, but it kind of went up in flames because really? I, I think the, was, I think what? the wrong guy was trying to hit it. Really? And he was doing it, you know, for sinister purposes, I believe. But well, how could it be sinister purposes? A great well, story. Well, he, he had nothing to do with it. I mean, yeah. he, he was just a guy from the outside looking in. So, you know, I don't think he could tell the story like it was supposed to be told. Absolutely. So I just feel like told. that's the Correctly. story yeah. to tell yeah, on the whole thing. From top to bottom. So I, I'm telling you. So you are in St. Louis, and I want to make sure that we talk about this in depth here because yep. you are so involved in the community. And uh, you have an event coming up. Uh, in May, where you're going to host a flag football challenge where corporate teams are going to be able to compete in 5-5 five and five tournament at the former Rams yeah, Park facility. Yeah, man. It's going to be in Earth City. I mean, I think uh, flag football is one of the, uh, not the newest, but one of the, the, the latest trends that I think is really, really growing. And, um, you know, it has no age limit to it. So uh, it's going to be fun. May 12th, back in Earth City. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of my friends are coming in to be celebrity coaches. And uh, I did it for one of my, my teammates back in North Carolina. I thought it was a blast, man. Gave me an opportunity to uh, show off my offensive and defensive coordinator chops. You so were defensive coordinator. I you was. I, I mean, you have to. There's only one coach. And um, <laughs> it, it, it's funny trying to teach civilians what cover two or box defense look like. So we were kind of playing. We had five participants on each team. So on defense, you can probably play a box and one if you if you get that analogy from college basketball so you know um i just had one guy you know run at the quarterback full speed and try to make him make a rush decision and it worked out most of the time so so you led your team to success well i I made the playoffs i won a playoff game and then i had to catch my flight to leave (laughs) but um i think lombardi did that yeah man but you know what um i think i got to the semifinals i got my, my team let me know i got to the semifinals and I think had I been there, we'd have, we'd have pulled have taken it off. It yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about coaching, down. man. It's all about coaching. So <laughs> May, May 12th, it'll be fun, man. Just come on At out. At Rams and, uh, Park. That'll yeah. be cool. Tickets are still on sale. And have you been back there since? Um, since it all? No, yeah. I haven't been back. Yeah. So it'll be fun to just walk around there and um, and uh, just see. I wonder what's you know, in what there now. Have. That's a good question, man. Yeah, That's ghosts. Good question. You, know, <laughs> you know, who knows? Maybe 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 they leave the deed and they left it in my name. So. <laughs> you can have that thing. Do some <laughs> Yeah, we get some stuff. You know, yeah. Uh, to uh, participate, for the record, email Tiffany Burris at Tiffany, Tiffany with an I, T-I-F-F-A-N-I at IsaacBruce.org right. or call 314-369-4074, 314-369-4074. Seven four. I don't think anybody would even think twice. Actually, if you you know hung out, you're in Fort Lauderdale now, right? Still, still Fort Lauderdale, Lauderdale, yeah. and like you never came back. I don't think anybody would be like, oh, how come Isaac Bruce doesn't? <laughs> they wouldn't even think twice. But yet here you are, and you're here yeah. quite a bit. I, I realize you're probably just doing it out of the goodness of your heart. But but when when I ask the question as simple as this, why? Well, uh, you know, like I was just talking to your engineer here earlier. Uh, when I got here in 1995, the city embraced me. 
uh, wholeheartedly. And, um, you know, it's been my effort to make sure that I do uh, or give back or make a positive impact in a city that gave me so much love. So um, I, I don't think it should be a question why I'm here or or if I'm coming back ever, or, you know, have I just, you know, uprooted everything and, and moved back to Florida? But no, I mean, St. Louis is a, a, plays a big part in my heart. Uh, I call it the second home now. But, you know, I'll always be here. As, all, as long as I'm welcome, I'll be here in St. Louis. When you speak, you speak to so many students at schools. When you speak, what is, what is the core message that you try to convey to young people? Oh, it's all about dreaming big, uh, having faith, uh, definitely having faith in God and, and trusting him with your dreams. Uh, the dream giver gives you the ability to make those dreams come true. So that's part of my message when I, when I have an opportunity to speak. Yeah, you're a man of faith. Absolutely. And I'm, if I'm not mistaken, was it the season of 1999 where you were coming back from Columbia, Missouri? I went to the University of Missouri. Yeah, that's really. Yeah. I went, okay. were, you, were you there because of Keon and Clarence? Keon and Clarence. That's they went right. to my high school. They're from Fort, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And actually. Like Gil, uh, what was the name of that high school? It was uh, like, Dillard. Dillard, Dillard High School. Yeah. yeah. I mean, funny thing about it. Keon, you know, I grew up watching his older brother and my older brother play Little League football together. Really? So it's, it's, it's funny how that happened. And, and these two guys end up in Missouri, 99 miles away from you know, where I was doing my thing. So, yeah, I just went up that night, man, and, uh, you know, enjoying a, a, a college basketball game. I think they were playing Indiana. I wanted to see Bobby Knight. Yeah. I got an opportunity to do that and uh, was there with Mr. Cronky, and we, oh, we were watching right? the game, man. Yeah, man, beautiful night. I think Mizzou won, and, uh, you know, you got the student section. They're, they're going nuts and going crazy. They kind of acknowledged yeah, me that night, and, yeah, man, it was fun. Oh, that had to be so yeah. cool. But then you're coming back on mm -hmm. I-70, right? and then – what happens? Because this gets into your faith, if I'm not mistaken. There oh, absolutely. Was a, there was a whole I mean, I'm, 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 shoot, I forget, I'm 99. I was, mm, I was young, young, and uh, you know, <laughs> we, can, we can do the math. Still, really still, still one of those feeling like Superman at the at Invincible. the time, and um, uh, I, I, I just didn't believe in wearing seatbelts. You know, I thought they were, you know, a, a nuisance. They got in the way, and um, my girlfriend at the time, which is my wife, we, we're just riding back. It's clear night. And uh, we're, we're in my car. We're going down 70. And, uh, you know, every time I tell the story, the mile per hour, as fast as I was going, goes up a little bit. So I was probably going about 80, 85. Uh -huh. And uh, the, 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 the driver's side rear tire just exploded. And we're okay. I take my foot off the, I take my foot off the, off the gas, you know, and the car starts to slow down a bit. But, you know, me being as smart as I am, I want to help it. So I put my foot on the brake. Never, ever, ever do that. That's a pro tip. Never, ever, ever do that. Do that. Don't okay. ever do that. And I'm sure, you know, one of the, the NASCAR drivers will tell you the same thing. You know, if you blow a tire, you know, don't help the car slow down. Just just avoid the other cars and cars will slow down on its, uh, on its own. So, I mean, the moment I hit, hit the brake, I just tapped the brake a little bit and we went spinning. We spin probably two times full around and went. In the middle of 70. In the middle of I-70, thank God, there was no other cars there at the time. Oh. And we went over to the right in the ditch and flipped over completely. So the top of the car was, it was a convertible, but the top was the one. Uh -huh. It was cold that yeah. night, and it just shattered. You know, it shattered. Now, the part about my faith is that, you know, what I believe and what I was taught and and, and being brought up in, which was, uh, you know, it, 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 it made for another memorial in my life about the truth of God's word. Um, you know, I was taught that, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, just studying that word save is a Greek word meaning sozo that has not only a meaning of, you know, being saved from hell to heaven, but also being saved out of danger. So me, me knowing that I didn't know that at the time, but I know it now. So me calling on the name of Jesus in, in which in Hebrew, his name is Yeshua. His name means salvation in English. So when I called on that name, what I had learned and studied so long in the Bible about that verse actually manifest that night in my life. Wow. Not a scratch was on me. Not a scratch was on my wife. Um, uh, I saw every window explode. The, the, the front window explode. We should have, we should have, we shouldn't have, we should have died that night. We actually should have died that night. I went on, uh, you know, that Sunday, Gets the New Orleans Saints four catches, 112 yards, and not a Isn't scratch that on his back. That's the goodness Isn't of God, that man. Amazing, absolutely, man. Have you been uh, passionate about your faith since you can remember, or was this something that you came to as as you grew up? Well, I, I can say this: um, passionate. There is a zeal about you know what I believe and uh, the truth about what I read, and when I'm when I'm uh, reading my Bible. Um, 
I like to say that it was instilled in me from a, you know, when I was a child. I mean, my mother, my dad, they exhibited what they were reading. And um, uh, the same thing I do with my children right now. I take time to uh, meditate God's word, pick and choose certain verses out of scripture that um, I want want to teach my my children personally and we go over them so the same thing that my mom did with me so i don't want to i didn't want it to be and i'm sure my parents didn't want it to be just like boom i have this one moment where okay now i turn to god but it was is a moment where they were constantly feeding me what was right what i should do and the same thing i do with my children right now i constantly feed them that and i'm a living example so i tell my children this story you know it's a memorial for them now yeah how many children do you have I have two girls and a promise. Two girls and a promise. Two girls and a promise. Yeah. So that's what I say. Yeah. I need to know what that means. I need, two I, girls I, and a promise. I, I need a. Well, I'm believing. I'm believing for a son. <laughs> so, you know, I love my daughters, and uh, they 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 they're totally awesome. And I won't say but. And I'm believing for a son. So I have two girls and a promise. And a promise. Yeah. All right. I like that. Yeah. I like that yeah. phrase quite a bit. Absolutely. You were the 13th of 15. 13th. I just had a son uh-huh. two months ago, and I'm dealing with, my wife's really dealing with, right. raising the one baby. Right. I can't imagine. I can't imagine 15. I can't imagine you, two. You know what? I've never had to imagine 13 either. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, my hat goes off to my dad, my mother. Um, uh, you know, they did a tremendous job. Um, you know, we grew up in, in in the inner city in South Florida, Fort Lauderdale. So where you, you were in Lauderdale? I spent a lot of time down in Lauderdale. Oh, yeah. I mean, so where, where, like? Well, well, the places you probably go, like Las Olas Boulevard yes. and, and, and Miami Beach and, uh, you know, places like that. We didn't grow up there. <laughs> <laughs> no, we grew up. We grew up on the other side of '95, right there. You were there. hanging out. That's at, right. At yes. Prime One Twelve. No, 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 no. We were probably we were probably looking for you coming out of Prime One Twelve. <laughs> we we were we were that bunch. Yeah. So, you know, they did a tremendous job. You know, they brought us up, and uh, you know, I said that to say that you know, it it wasn't a time where, you know, my my mom or my dad ended up at uh, a funeral home uh, too early. So. Um, I think they did a tremendous job bringing us up. Clearly so. Yeah. That's the thing. You know, when I look at the group, I, I covered, I was doing television in St. Louis 2000 through 2005. So I covered you guys, uh, worked with Steve Savard. Uh, and and I remember covering the team. And for as great as the team was, it also, at least it seemed, I mean, what do we know? But it seemed like it was a group of like really good guys. Yeah. A- and I, I, I would imagine when you look back on this, nearly 20 years what was that vibe like to go from where you were in 98 to where you were in 99, like <laughs> off the field? Like what was the that, the locker room like when we weren't around and you guys could really let loose? Well, you know, I've been in different locker rooms. I mean, I've been in locker rooms with, with guys who had, who where the majority of the guys had the mentality where was that, you know, we didn't believe we could win. Um, and then, you know, probably two years later, you know, we probably say words like, well, maybe we can stick with this team. We can probably beat this team, but we're not in this upper echelon of So those uh, conversations actually take place? Absolutely. Really? I mean, we probably don't say it as eloquently as that. You know, we probably use, you know, our, our regular jargon that we, uh-huh. you know, come from the streets or, you know, from the farm. That's that's probably how we, we're, we're thinking. But uh-huh. as a as a unit, as a group, as a 50-man group, it was it was consistent. I mean, that one mentality was consistent. I think the difference between a, a team like, we had in 1998 is that, you know, not many of us believed. I mean, um, you know, honestly, I was probably uh, uh, the only offensive weapon there for a long time before, you know, before 1998. And I was dealing with hamstring issues. So, mm-hmm. you know, some guys see, may see me go down and they just they just say, well, you know, that's it for the offense. Now, the defense was pretty good, but, you know, we were kind of split in our, in our thinking at that time. So once 1999 rolled around, uh, you know, we, we were uh, very active on the, on the open market, rookie, uh, uh, unrestricted free agents, and we ended up getting a trade for Marshall. Mm-hmm. Uh, ended up bringing Trent Green. Trent, ended up Timberman, bringing right? Timberman. Timberman came with a winning culture, from a winning culture with Green Bay, and he kind of, you know, spilled that on us. Uh, guys like myself, Trent, and uh, a guy like Marshall, we've been in the league for a while, uh, we had some success, but n- really not the success that we really wanted to have. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for Trent, it was his first time really starting and having a 
uh, offense that he could call his own. Uh, it was my first time having guys who were as confident as I thought I was. And, uh, you know, just to have that mesh, we drafted Torrey Hope and then then have other coaches come in along with what Coach Vermeil was putting together with that same mentality that said, you know what, guys, losing stops here. And we're not only going to win, but we're going to win big. And this is how we're going to do it. And this is how many points we're going to score. And, and it was the first time that the offense was better than the defense that I've been there. So mm-hmm. um, that's that's kind of what changed. It, it, it took a, 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 a paradigm shift in, in the thinking for the offensive guys really to kind of catch up with the defense. And I think that's what happened. And we kind of took it from there. There were two images that stand out to me from August of 1999 with Trent Green's Injury, it's Dick Vermeil, of course, saying we will rally around Kurt Warner. Mm. We will play good football. And then you, on the field, I think like slamming your helmet down right when that happens. What's going through your mind at that moment? Because clearly you were bullish on what that team could do at that moment. Oh, yeah, I was excited, just like everyone else. I mean, just looking what we had on paper uh, from the running back position to the wide receivers position. But everything started up front with right. Adam Timberman, guys like Ordano Pace. Uh, Tommy Newton, these guys were, were competitive competitive football players who wanted to win. And I believe that that game was probably what either the third or fourth preseason game. Yeah. And just to have that happen to Trent, I mean, you know, when I tell this story, it's 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 more about, you know, the friendship I was developing with Trent. I you know, he'd been in the league probably a year before me and uh he had some experiences with, with Coach Marks in Washington. And uh I had mine previously in St. Louis and LA. Um, we, we're kind of on the same page as far as how this offense was being ran and what we can do with it. So, and it had been a long time. Like I said, he had, he had gotten the brand new keys to a, a Corvette and wanted to run it. And he had, up until that, up until that point, I don't think he threw an incomplete pass the entire preseason. And 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 it was better in practice than it was in the game. So, you know, just to see him get hurt in the way that he did, I mean, it affected not only myself but a lot of us. What did you know at that moment? What did you think? Oh, I knew his, I knew his ACL was torn. That was I it. mean, I, I'm, a lot of people see that play. I saw the previous play. It was the same three characters in the play, uh, you know, that ended up with Trent tearing his ACL. It was uh, Harrison coming off the edge in a blitz, and Marshall's blocking him. I think the play before, he just missed Trent. And I was like, whoa, dude. Really? Yeah. I was like, man, he, dude, you just missed him. I, I'm out of the game at the time, and, you know, it, it's, it's not like I can say, you know, Come on, yeah, block this dude, man. But um, you know the, the the play before he missed, and then the very next play he, he got Trent. I had never heard that yeah, part man, of the story. Yeah. I was standing there, and it's it's funny because I was watching the whole thing, man. Oh, yeah. So it happens. You're obviously distraught on the field for your friend, mm-hmm. potentially for where the season is. What are you thinking of number thirteen? What do you even know of there? I read a story that the first time you saw uh, his name, you thought it was actually the old Seahawks yeah. running back. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. I saw I saw our folders in the uh, in the in the in the in the weight room. Uh, I saw my folder and I saw Kurt Warner. I was like Kurt Warner. I was like, man, this guy got to be old. <laughs> you know, because I remember Kurt Seattle. Yeah, you know what I mean, so I grew up I. I grew up a Miami Dolphin fan. And they played in a playoff game together. <laughs> And Kurt Warner was running the ball. Like, Kurt Warner, <laughs> the running back. Yeah, things are bad. Yeah, I was like, man, that, that was probably 1998. Yeah, and uh, you know, that that was that was a true story. And then you know, but but up until that moment when Trent goes down, I mean, it's it's like, you know, I was a little numb over that weekend. Over the, you know, you get the next day off, the, you know, you come back in, lift some weights, and then you don't have to practice probably two days after you know the the incident. But you know, I, I mean, I I didn't even think about it. I was like, well, I don't know what we're going to do, you know. I know we got a lot of talented guys here. I don't know what's going to happen. So, I mean, I can I can take no credit for Kurt. I mean, Kurt came out of the blue. As as did the team. Yeah. Was that as fun as you ever had playing football? It was a really good time, man. I saw, I, you know, I was fortunate to see um, the dynasty that the 49ers had. Uh, I had competed against uh, the Cowboys and what they had. When those guys played, they had fun because they knew – uh, they, they were better than you. They knew that their uh, their uh, their offenses, their defenses were better than yours, and their execution level was at an all time high. So, um, just to get on that level, I started having fun there. Yeah. yeah. Was it what was it like sitting there? I'm curious what this is like, like in, internally. What's going on when you're sitting in Canton? Uh, what four or five months ago? Mm-hmm. And Kurt's going in. You've seen 28 go in. You've seen 76 go in. 
and you haven't gotten the call yet. Mm-hmm. And it's a call that I saw Trent tweet out when uh, when he saw you and Tori there. Can't wait to see you guys go up there mm-hmm. too. But with that wide receiver backlog we always hear about, it's like, when's it going to happen? What goes on in your mind as you're sitting there watching your teammates going? Well, for me, it's a perfect opportunity to use your imagination. I mean, uh, the imagination is something that God gave us to give us a, a preview of our future. So, I mean, always, you know, once once a guy goes up, uh, and it's always fun to see guys that I played against or played with, mm-hmm. you know, making a speech like Terrell Davis, you know, seeing a guy, you know, to, to, to have his moment and, you know, his career, his body of work and what he did. You know, once that speech is over, you know, you get a time, a little bit to relax. You know, you got the, 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 the person who's doing all, handling all the introductions. Right. He's getting ready to come back up. It was Chris Berman a couple of years in a row for me. I, I just sit back and I imagine, man. I just imagine myself at that podium looking out. You know, I don't, I don't see myself sitting in a seat. I see myself looking out, seeing my family and uh, the people that, uh, that were, you know, an uh, integral part in my body of work as far as football is concerned, and being able to thank them. So that imagination, man, I, I put it to work. Do you believe you will be in? Well, you know, I, I say I'm a Barry Bonds fan. And, you know, not only because, you know, he hit home runs, but he was an all-around player. And when I read about Barry Bonds and his approach to the game, it's more mental than what he did physically. Now, when he was asked the question about his Hall of Fame candidacy, mm-hmm. he says, I believe I'm already in the Hall of Fame. So that's the same same approach I take. I'm already in the Hall of Fame. And uh, the manifestation is soon to come. That's as yeah. cool as it gets right there, man. So I'm watching you on Twitter, and mm-hmm. this is a tough thing because obviously people in St. Louis love you. But the feeling toward the Los Angeles Rams, there's there's a little, little difference right now. Yeah. And you love seeing... Absolutely. Your team. Absolutely. Because you are an L.A. Ram. That's right. And you're always a Ram. That's right. So you get to see this team doing what they're doing so far. What do you think? Well, in, in the in the seven years of famine, I was disgusted just like everyone else. Um, I wasn't very happy. Um, I wasn't happy with the, the product, uh, the the play calling. I was, I was upset just like everyone else. See, the thing about it is that when you're done playing, you're, you're a fan. But you're like a super fan because, you know, you've, you've walked that walk. Uh, you've, play, you've been in those shoes and you've bled where they, where they are bleeding. And you know what's going on. Absolutely. And I you don't can't know what fool the, I don't me. know what I'm watching. You know, you, you can't fool me. So um, currently what's happening now with the, with the production, the points, uh, the confidence that the team is playing with, um, just to be, you know, 4-0 on the road right now, that's huge in the NFL, man. That, that's no easy task. And just to be in the position that they are. Man, I'm excited, man. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about going out, watching the game, and and uh, I'm excited about, you know, possibly making a making the playoffs. So it's that time of year to start talking about things like that. But 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 what's happening, man? I hey, I'm a I'm a football fan and I'm, and I'm a Rams fan. I only have one team. Have you been to a Rams game in LA yet? In Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. But we're planning this year to make a trip and uh Oh, so you're going to go out? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm thinking, you know, Philadelphia. Yeah, that could be a little, uh, you've done some NFC Championship work against Philadelphia, so you know the program. That could be a preview. It it probably will be. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot will be riding on it, you know, with the teams playing the way they are right now, with the quarterbacks playing the way they are right now. Um, You know, it it could possibly be one and two in the NFC. Do you know Sean McVay at all? No, I I haven't. I haven't met him. Hopefully, I'll get an opportunity to. But I, I would think have he's played doing that when you were playing to have a guy who's potentially younger than some of the guys playing. Be the well, it's coach. funny. I mean, I, I've had a, a quarterback coach that was came out the same year as me, and uh, probably had a cup of coffee in the league as far as you know his stay. But you know, I mean, it's no different. I always look at it as you know, coaches coach, players play. Mm-hmm. So we all have a a ranking position. And sometimes the guy that's, that, that out, outranks you, you, you got to follow his lead, man. I like, I like the movie, you know, A Few Good Men. You know, Danny, she outranks you, man. <laughs> it's just the bottom line. That's so. a nice, ref- that's yeah, a nice reference. That's a really nice reference. <laughs> Hope you're enjoying hearing from Isaac Bruce here on the Tim McKernan Show. And without our sponsors, we have no Tim McKernan Show. And that's why I try to drive home the point. If you enjoy the show, make sure you like us on Facebook. You give us a positive review on your podcast platform, 85%, according to our data, is on iTunes, but wherever. And then also, of course, you follow the show on Twitter at McKernan Show. But 
key is supporting the sponsors. And James Carlton of the James Carlton Agency, a State Farm insurance agent, has been with us from the beginning. And he wants our audience to know this. 90% of homeowners in Missouri escrow their premium with their mortgage and have no idea what they're paying or what they're covered for. Call James Carlton today to protect your biggest asset. In fact, go to his website right now and go check them out at carltoninsurance.net. That's carltoninsurance.net. Call James and he very well can get you better coverage and start saving you money. In fact, he often can include $100,000 in life insurance without even increasing your payment. How about that deal? That's include like, hey, I can include you like an order of fries. No, I'm going to include $100,000 in life insurance without even increasing your payment. The switch is easy. They do all the work for you. Just takes one phone call or apply online at carltoninsurance.net. You may not even notice it, but premiums are going up. Make sure you have the best deal and support our sponsors. James Carlton of the James Carlton Agency, a state farm insurance agency. People do business with James because they like and trust him. Just check him out on Google and Facebook. It's the James Carlton Agency. Text quote to 314-961-4800 and one of his incredible team members will reach out or visit carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, then call James Carlton State Farm. Here in St. Louis, I, now I can, you know, even though I know this isn't going to be popular to say in St. Louis, but now I can empathize with what it must have been like for Los Angeles fans in 1999 oh, and yeah. really 2000, 2001 and 2003 yeah. because they were only four years removed. And sure. then they see like not just a great team, but like the most exciting team. Right. And now, even though when I look at that roster, it's, it, to me right now, it doesn't hang with what you guys have. But yet they're putting up points. True. Um, and so the St. Louis fans, this cuts deep because it's only been a couple of years. Oh, yeah. And now... They're one of the top teams, the NFC. Well, see, fortunately, I've had the the the, <laughs> the ability to see it on both sides. I mean, in 1994, being a rookie, you know, uh, it was getting scarce in the stands. But that told me those were the true fans, the, the the guys who really bled and loved the Los Angeles Rams at that time, the Millenheads. Yeah. And it's funny, when we came in 1995, they kind of traveled with us for a little while. I remember the Millenheads. That's a long commute, man. Yeah, you know, it is. Every that's, Sunday, that's hard to that's do. That's a rough one. And, you know, you kind of see the same thing. You know, the, the, when, it, when it was lean here in St. Louis towards the end, you know, you got your, your fans that were diehard fans. And, you know, they were all about the Rams. And they didn't want to hear anything about leaving. They just wanted their team to win. So I think the pressure has always been on, on ownership and management because, you know, they're responsible for bringing in the players and make sure that a, a good product is on the field. So just to see it on both sides, I, I'm sure it's cutting on both sides with, with St. Louis, and I've seen that same cut yeah. with the Los Angeles people. Yeah, I, I think the thing that's different, however, is L.A., love it, hate it. I think a lot of people, of course, understandably love it. World-class city. Mm -hmm. Got so much going for it. St. Louis has dealt with a lot of difficulties, whether it be over the last few years, over the last 50 years. I mean, it was a yeah. top top city in, in the country 100-plus years ago, and it's it's struggling. And so L.A.'s fine, whether the Rams or Chargers or whoever Raiders are there. True. To lose the Rams in St. Louis hurt, and then the way that they went out really hurt. What were you thinking when you were watching the process? Well, breakups are never fun. I mean, it's never fun. But you break up and then you kick the man when he's down and that. I was just telling, you know, I was just mentioning to Tiffany about, you know, this certain guy being traded and, you know, as he's going out the door and they say, yeah, and he's not this, he's not that. So, I, I never think that's fair. I mean, uh, that's that's kind of like rubbing it in. I don't think it's necessary. Right. Because, I would agree with both those sentiments. Not well, fair and not necessary. Yeah, you're 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 leaving. I mean, there's no need to burn the house down, you know, on your way out. So, I think uh, St. Louis has, was a was a very very gracious host the 21 seasons that you know the Rams were in town. So, uh, they did a lot of great things for us. I mean, I think it was a a, a really good combination together. So. I think it could have survived here. Yeah. Not I, only that, thrive. Yeah. I think a lot of people yeah. will be happy to hear you say that. You know, I was, I was reading about your foundation before you were kind enough to come in. And there's so much about it. It's about physical fitness yeah. and nutrition. And I think that's such an important thing. And when you were dealing with an injury in 2005, you made a, a choice, did you not? <laughs> I to, did. To go, so, you, so you had been eating like, like eating college, I guess. Is that right? And then all of a sudden you're like, man, I guess I got to change things up here. I was I was eating the way I was being taught to eat, which was not that good. I mean, 
you know, when you come into the NFL, um, you, you can either, you know, uh, pick and choose some of the things you want to do as far as, you know, being medicated and as far as treating injuries. I kind of went along with the crowd. I mean, um, you know, in the NFL, for any, any pain, any injury, there's a pill for it. And, um, you know, for the first eight years of my career, I was taking pills for them. You know, I get a little pain in my hamstring. Um, I get a little pain, a headache or whatever. Anything to help me calm down after a game, it was a pill for it. And I, you know, I just took a pill, popped it and went to sleep. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, that lifestyle started to catch up. You know, it caught you up with like me. You only missed one game for like five or six seasons, right? Yeah, I, yes. And, uh, <laughs> That's sick. You know, That's like unheard of. You know, I mean, but. You know, the, the best ability is the availability, being on the field for your teammates and for what for what you do. I mean, you know, I've always been a guy to be to be in the weight room and making sure that, you know, I was strong enough to, to take the pounding that this that comes with this game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was important to me. Not only did I, you know, I, I knew that, but just being able to uh, take a couple of weeks off during the season after I uh, had my turf toe injury, open up a book and it just, you know, opened me up to a, a whole new world of nutrition and how to take care of your body, what to eat, what's good for you, what f- what fights inflammation and things of that nature. And I, you know, maybe I should have wrote a book before Tom Brady wrote his because, <laughs> you know, honestly, that's what what Tom Brady is doing right now. He, he's taking a different approach and uh, he's taking control of his health and the things that he go that goes in his mouth because, you know, there's an old adage that says you are what you eat, mm-hmm. which is so true. I mean. Um, you, you see this guy at the age of 40 still moving around, still throwing darts and uh, still being able to compete at a very high level. Um, it's not only because, you know, it, it has a lot to do with nutrition. It has a lot to do with what, what's going in his mouth and uh, how, he's, how he's living. Tell me about some of this because I've kind of become yep. a nutrition nerd on some of this <laughs> stuff. And, and what, what you pay attention. Are you still doing this 12 Absolutely, years later? Or you I got to like, live. Football, football is football, but I right? still got to live. Yeah. So. Um, so what? You, so what is it that you make sure that you eat? What is it you make sure you don't eat? Give, give well, give from your order. proteins to your vegetables. So you monitor your macros, I gather. Well, I don't know all about that stuff. So, I you, just, don't, so you don't pay attention. That's what I'm curious. No. Do you like monitor that stuff. See, I enter that stuff in an app, and I'm like, okay, I'm at 170 <laughs> grams of protein. I'm good for the day. Right. You're you're not no, there. No, what are no, you doing? No, no, no. Well, well, when I opened my book, when the, the the book I opened was it was titled The Maker's Diet. So it was by Jordan Rubin, and if you get that little piece he's throwing in there. It's the maker's diet. The one who created your body knows what works with your body and knows what doesn't work with your body. So from that book, it took me to back to my Bible, man. I take everything back to my Bible. So just opening up in the book of Leviticus, it, it lets me know what, what works with your body and what doesn't work with your body. What what animals you can eat and what what animals you shouldn't eat. What are those animals? I oh, need to man. know. <laughs> this is good stuff. Oh, man. And, you know, I got a lot of partners out there. And, uh, <laughs> it's all about choices, man. You can either have barbecue chicken or barbecue pork. I mean, the choice is yours, but, you know, there are always consequences with your choices. So, I mean, I, I, I just shifted my thinking, which shifted my choices, made me uh, start getting a lot more vegetables in my diet. And it's funny because I started doing this in 2005, which was probably my, um, I don't know, t- probably 10th or 11th yeah, season. Had to be. And uh, I can I can tell my talent level or my skill level was starting to diminish. And uh, it has nothing to do with your age. I truly believe that. But it has every everything to do with your mindset and your choices in nutrition. So once I started getting on these plans and, and using these plans, I saw quickness come back. I saw my win, my endurance come back. I was no longer in the huddle with my arms on my or my head between my legs trying to catch my next my next breath, but I was standing up in the huddle again like I was a rookie. And you know, some of the speed came back. So it took me from 2005, you know, like I say probably my 10th or 11th season, right. I played another 4 or 5 years. Right. That's and when I retired, rare. I felt great, man. I you know, it was just a conscious decision to say, you know what, this is enough of this. So I'm going to go ahead and do something different. Well, you turn 45 in, what, seven hours? That's right. <laughs> happy happy early birthday, Thank you, Isaac. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel now? Because we hear so many stories about guys dealing with CTE and yeah. all these things. Yeah. How do you feel? Well, I mean, honestly, I feel, I feel you great. You great. Thank you. I, I feel good. <laughs> um, you know, CTE is an issue. I mean, there, there are a lot of diseases out there that, that are issues for Americans you know, every day in our lives. And, you know, CTE is just another one. And and for me, honestly, um, that being a degenerative di- disease, 
a lot of people believe in degeneration, you know, from inflammation and stuff like that. I also believe in regeneration. Um, I thank God. I thank God that he made us his most prized possession. So he had to give us the ability to heal ourselves. And I think we once we start to get, you know, on page with what he wrote and eat what he says to eat, I think we can regenerate. That's I'm, what I believe. I'm curious about a couple of questions that I would imagine you've been asked a million times, but I'm yeah. trying to take a different angle on it. When you watch these teams have the celebrations they're able to have now, <laughs> you know exactly where I'm this, going this, with this. This is the first time I've been asked. This is the first time you've been asked? Since it's come back? Yes. This is the first time. I mean, yeah. the Kansas City Chiefs yeah. were doing a potato sack race the other day. The, the yeah. Lions were doing like rock yeah. and sock and robots. Yeah. You guys couldn't they do were, the they were, and weave. They were corny. <laughs> but... um. You know, honestly, when 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 the rule when the rule was implemented when it came back in, I said, you know what, somebody owes me money. Yes. Because um, I think I lost probably <laughs> close to forty thousand dollars being fined. Pay that man his money. Um, you know, uh, you know, it, harmless celebration. It was it was, it was very harmless. I think it was you know from from the offense that we had, the players that we had, it, it took a lot to catch up with us. But then to have us at the same time be able to rub it in. A lot of guys like, you know, like the late Denny Green, he just wasn't having it. I was going to say, I, Fisher, I know it's tough because Dennis Green passed away. Yeah, but Fisher, I believe because you guys too. shipped him in the playoffs yes. and then you guys were doing the Bob and Weed yes. probably five he didn't, he didn't like that. He didn't like it. No, he didn't like that at all. So that's that's kind of what you get. You get you get your coaches who are on the coaching uh, competition committee and they, they make the rules, they implement it. And it's another way for the league to take the players' money. Yeah, so. absolutely. So, but for the record, you're pro celebration. Absolutely, yeah. But these guys are doing skit. They're like doing it's like plays. There's like an act of a play each touchdown. Well, well, I I would just suggest that they spend some time coordinating. I mean, <laughs> just make sure you you know on a Friday or a Saturday before you get on the plane, just make sure you practice a little bit because everything has to be choreographed and it has to be practiced. You know, you, you practice your plays. You practice the plays to get you in the end zone in the red zone. Practice your celebration. I mean, what was it? Juju Smith-Schuster went and played hide-and-seek yeah, with Antonio I, Brown. I can't yeah, imagine you I was, Yeah, I was like, no, no. That was, <laughs> I can't imagine no. Isaac Bruce going, I'm going to go play hide-and-seek no, that was, behind that was, the upright. No, that was kind of corny. <laughs> I, I didn't get it. It took somebody to, to explain it to me. Absolutely best. When you think the best, 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 best moment, best moment as a member of the St. Louis Rams, the absolute best, the euphoric moment, because you got so many to choose, but the yeah. best, best, best. Well, I think, uh, you know, when questions like that are asked, it has to be more specific because we had a lot of great moments in, and not many of them had to do with playing football, to be honest. I mean, you know, you probably hear from a lot of other guys who've retired from professional sports, you know, just the camaraderie that we had with each other. Yeah. I mean, when we get together in the locker rooms, uh, when we get together on charters and that type of stuff, those are some of the the funniest stuff, man. Because you get you got guys who probably just won a football game. Mm-hmm. You're very happy, and uh, you know they 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 you know they have a little alcohol on their way back from a long trip in San Francisco or Seattle. Not you though, right? No, not at you're all. Not, if you're in, I got what? No, I've never I've never drink. Wow, purposely, you know. Oh no, I, mean, I know this. So <laughs> yeah, that wasn't an accident. <laughs> you know, I probably taste something. That, you know, this can't be mine, man. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I got virgin lungs, so. But um. You know, just just being around that atmosphere and having guys and you know tell their stories and things happening and what you know what goes on. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to get those moments back. But um, like I said, you have to be more specific. You know, on the football field, there were there were many great moments. Um, just seeing other guys excel and just seeing guys mature. Um, you know, a guy like Tory Hope when he came in, you know, he was green, but he was very talented. Mm-hmm. Just seeing his maturity. Um, uh, seeing Marshall take over a football game, seeing Kurt's maturity, seeing Orlando Pace just dominate future Hall of Fame defensive ends. I mean, it's, it's, it was amazing to see. I mean, guys don't even touch the quarterback the entire game playing Orlando Pace. And and obviously, I always say my biggest catch was Ricky Pro's catch in the NFC Championship, I man. agree with yeah, you on that. Was I wasn't going to ask about it, but you bring that. I feel like yeah. that kind of, like people talk about Dwight Clark and the catch, don't get me wrong, great catch, great moments, signified potentially the passing of the torch from the Cowboys to the 49ers in that era. But Ricky Prohl doesn't catch? I mean, man. Well, I mean, it's one of those moments where, you know, Ricky being a consummate pro, um, you know, when Coach Marks gets up for 17 straight weeks and reminds him that he has to make an adjustment when this safety comes, you know, I'm sure he got tired of hearing it because I got tired of hearing it. I got t- got tired of hearing the reminder, and when it comes up, it didn't. It doesn't come up all year, and it comes up in one of the most important games you've ever played in. You, you Ricky played probably 18 seasons. It was his most important game he'd ever played in, and just to be you know cognizant of that moment that when this safety comes 
it's all on you. And Kurt throws the pass, and 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 he makes a one-handed catch, sticking that thing on his shoulder pad. Man, it was it was a great catch. I was in the stands, and yeah, I almost collapsed catch. from excitement. It's the most energetic moment loud. I've experienced in sports. It was sick, yeah, crazy was sick. Loud. And that says something about you that you have a game-winning yeah. Super Bowl catch, and you're choosing somebody else's catch. His catch was better. I just you know, <laughs> it, 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 it was better, man. Yeah. Worst moment on the football. I assume I know what it is, but maybe I don't, since I've been wrong on other things mm. in this. Worst moment, I'd say um, we're playing the Carolina Panthers at, ah, that, at, what a great, at the great Dome. Answer. This is great. I feel like Lee Corso on the college football game. But it's, probably, it's, it's probably not the one you're thinking about, though, because no. that, that game was very disheartening. And well, I'm talking about the playoff game. I, you're talking about that game. That game made me want to fight. I mean, <laughs> you know, I want to fight my teammate. You know, Who do you want to fight? The safety who could have just tackled the guy. Oh, Jason Seahorn. Yeah. His yeah. jack strap. He, he comes from, he's, come, he's, come, he's still down there. You know, it's, it's something about these guys, you know, uh, <laughs> come from New York, you know, want to come play with us for a year and you don't make the tackle, man, you know. But anyway. <laughs> anyway. My game, my moment I'm talking about, we we play Carolina and, uh, you know, we're losing and uh, Bulger throws me a pass on the sideline, you know, just, you know, try to end the game and I reach out and I get, ah, cream. So the guy that hits me, um, he chases me down as I'm going in the locker room. And he's saying, Mr. Bruce, Mr. Bruce, Mr. Bruce. I'm like, yo, what? Who is this? <laughs> and this, this kid's name is Sally. And, it, you know, he grew up with my little brother in Fort Lauderdale, went to the same high school. And he just went, he apologized for hitting me. And I was like, dude, get out of my face. <laughs> All right. It was a great play. That's what you, I would have did the same thing to you. I would have knocked your block off if I was in your shoes. But. You know, just a, just a younger guy and him calling me Mr. Bruce, you, like, you know, with the respect. I didn't like, I'm like that. <laughs> did not like that. Dude, I'm still playing out here. not like that. Yeah. <laughs> I would I think of everybody listening, oh, it had to be February 2002, New England Patriots. <laughs> is that, does that, because does that, you got one, it doesn't, like True. we have Tyoka on the show all yeah. the time. Great interview, always yeah. has been, always was a go-to guy in your mm -hmm. locker room. And he's still, anytime we bring it up. He brings it up, but he he never got the ring. You know, yeah. he got close. He didn't get it, so maybe that's why. Yeah. Does it bother you? Is how do you view it? Especially well, when well, to be talk honest, about yeah. spying. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, it it did. I mean, it's 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 one of those moments that it's it's hard to think about. I mean, but you see it so many times during Super Bowl, you know, season, and uh, you know the replays of it, and uh, it was a great kick by Vinatieri. Um, you know, Tom Brady's first Super Bowl win, and uh, you know, just just really thinking about. How much was left on the table for us? Uh, you mentioned Tayoka. I mean, you know, I think in that era, man, we probably should have played four, four Super Bowls and probably won three of them. I wow. think. Wow. Because, um, you know, you mentioned the Carolina game. You know, the winner of that goes and plays Philadelphia. Right. And we decimated Philadelphia earlier that season. They just couldn't play with us. And, uh, you know, Carolina, they go up and they play against them. And what, what happens, happens. But yeah, they win. They win yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah. So, you know, just thinking about that, it's it's you know, it's hard to focus on it, but you know, it, it just keeps coming. So maybe one of these days yeah. I'll deal with it. Yeah. I mean the two thousand three <laughs> game against Carolina, I remember being on the sidelines yeah. that game and I was just really surprised that yeah. Coach Martz kinda like took his foot off the gas pedal. You guys were going you were going in and I guess he just played for the tie and I'm just like, Ah yeah. finish them off, finish yeah. them. Yeah. But you know what? Our trust level for with, with Coach Martz was a, it was at an all time right. high. I mean he had he had he had rolled the dice so many times that, you know, the fans probably didn't know it. Um, we, we were a team that were accustomed to, you know, you know converting on third and 17. You know, we saw the Rams right. do that in 30-33 this past Sunday. But, you know, we're, we're, we're confident in, in his play calling ability. And, you know, he was the same guy in the meetings that he was that he was in front of the media. So you, you got to respect that. So, you know, in that game, he chose to take a different route. And, you know, we we're all in. Who would have thought that would be the last ever NFL playoff game in St. Louis? Yeah. Never even crossed my mind yeah. on the sidelines. Yeah. Never. Mine either. Yeah. I mean, because you guys, like you said, should have yeah. been more. And that 2000 team put it's up true. an incredible amount of points. That's just true. had some defensive issues. I'll be, yes. I'll use the euphemism, defensive issues. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it was more than that. Final thought for you. There, I mean, when it's talked about in, in March that you were part of the ownership group or going to be part of the ownership yes. group for the MLS team, mm -hmm. I mean, you're. You're all in on this city. Absolutely. And I want to make sure I highlight that. that Absolutely. Is, that's well, something else. It's, it's one of my goals to be a professional team owner. Yeah. Uh, NBA, NFL, MLS. Yeah. Um, you know, who knows? It may come around again, but yeah, just... just was that tough know. when you saw the vote not... It, it, it was. I mean, kind of after, uh, you know, the vote went in and went down, um, just talking to some of the people, um, you know, in the city, 
uh, some some other uh, soccer enthusiasts. I mean, there's a, there's a Bosnia community yeah. here that huge on soccer, and you know, some of those people were telling me that you know they kind of you know didn't go at the right crowd as far as the vote was concerned. So maybe next time, you know, we'll we'll readjust and you know get it done. So there it is, Isaac Bruce with us here on the Tim McKernan Show. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed asking the questions and really just sitting back and listening to the stories. Man, that was a good time. I, you know, as I always say, sometimes I don't really know where these are going to go, um, but that was just, just you know, be real honest with you, being a, a kid when when I when I saw Isaac Bruce play for the Rams for the first time in 1995 as a St. Louis Ram, uh, that was just cool for me. But to hear some of the stories and to hear Isaac Bruce talk like that, I mean, I haven't heard him talk like that. And that was just, and also, how about, how about the fact that the guy lives in Fort Lauderdale? The Rams aren't even here anymore. And here he is still coming back to St. Louis for all of these events. And he wanted to be, and he was going to be a member of the ownership group on the MLS team. And he's still doing events in St. Louis with the five on five flag football tournament. That just tells you the kind of guy that he is. Plus he was happy to give us a little inside baseball on the Rams. And uh, I just enjoyed that. And I really hope you did as well. We always welcome you to give us feedback, guest suggestions. I mean, here we are, we've been bringing you a number of big names. And if there are other people you want to hear from, feel free to, to shoot for the stars. There's a good chance that uh, some of these names just aren't ever going to be possible, but at the same time, who would have thought that Senator Jack Danforth would be our second guest. So you never know. Uh, please email me at T McKernan at inside STL. Dot com. Always want to thank our sponsors as we broadcast from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. In addition to Gateway, Buick GMC, and James Carlton State Farm Agency, uh, they make this podcast possible, and we're very grateful to them. I'm very grateful to my producer, John Seymour, and I'm grateful for all of you listening. We'll look forward to bringing you another edition of the Tim McKernan Show. I would describe it as a special Thanksgiving edition coming up on Wednesday, November 22nd. Thank you for listening. We look forward to another program for you on Wednesday, November 22nd.